Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The Unholy Trinity podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 75 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in partnership with Fan Hub, where the fans come first. Pleasure to say, back on the show today um, is Matty Dillon. Matty, how are you getting on, mate? Not too bad, mate. Thanks. You all right? Spot on, mate. Yeah, spot on. Bit, bit of a boring uh, weekend with no Everton. We're, we're crying out after, obviously, a great win against Wolves, which is going to come on too shortly for, for the Blues to be in action. But as we know, it wasn't to be. Aston Villa um, still struggling with the, the COVID-19 issues. Um, but great to have you on the show, mate. Appreciate you coming on uh, on, a, on a Sunday night after time, after watching two of our, our title challenge, challenges um, playing out a, a boring 0-0 draw at Anfield. So that was a positive result for the Blues, that's for sure. But let's let's go on to um, the game against Wolves on, on Tuesday. Seems an age ago now, doesn't it? Um and it was probably, you know, we, we we struggled against Rotherham, as we discussed last week in the FA Cup, with a strong side out. We, obviously, we, we got through that an extra time. Um, when it came to the Wolves game, unsure, obviously, that well, there was no Calvert-Lewin. We knew that from the, the, the press conference that Carlo held. Richardson was touch and go, started the game on the bench. And we go into the game, Matty, with um, sort of two false number nines. No central striker. Um we had, we had Luca, Luca Dean on our left wing, uh, obviously with Godfrey behind him. So it was a bit of a sort of, um, almost like, like a makeshift team in terms of personnel and the formation Carlo played. Uh, but what, what were your thoughts when you when you saw Gilfie Sigurdsson potentially leaving, leaving that line? I, th- I think we were all shocked, mate, weren't we, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think, obviously, coming into the game, and we were hearing about, obviously, what players were going to be missing. Um, then we weren't sure, obviously, how we were going to set up. But seeing the seeing the lineup, and especially seeing it, you know, the, the first few minutes before the Wolves goal, like you said, mate, it was a, uh, it was it was basically like two two false number nines, wasn't it? With 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 Gilfie and Hammers, like so. Uh, it was it was a strange formation, but it seems to it seems to work, didn't it? And obviously, uh, first five minutes, 
you know, that that move I thought was absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, the little bit of an interchange between Awobi and Hammers and Hammers plays a lovely ball over to Luka Dean. And, you know, the layoff was just perfect, wasn't it? Don't be wrong, I thought it was a great one from Awobi, obviously, to to carry on the run. Um and a lovely little finish, you know, got a little bit of a deflection. But um, you know, we we were well on our way then, weren't we? Um and I, I don't know about the lads, but I always feel now if we go with goal in front, um we're more than likely to, you know, to go on and win the game. Um, but yeah, like you said, mate, it was it was a strange it was a strange lineup. I think it got you know uh, it got a bit more orthodox, didn't it, in the second half when we brought Richarlison on. But you say, I just think that the, the great thing for me is just everyone just seems to be working for each other. You know, seems to have a really good, really good team spirit around the place. And you, you saw that obviously after the opening goal. But um, yeah, say it's <laughs> I'm not sure how many times we'll see it again, mate. But um, yeah, it seems to work, didn't it? It did, mate, and it, and it was it was good to see us do something, you know, a little bit different because we, we had the, the usual, you know, Evertonians and we, we've been through Ronald Koeman playing Calvert-Loon as a, as a right wing back and things like that. So when we see this kind of thing, obviously, um, fans are quite vocal about about what they're seeing and maybe you know, a little bit upset about that. But different minds are in charge now, Pete and obviously Carlo Ancelotti. We, we said this could be a potentially a tactical masterstroke and um, in the end, it certainly proved that, that Carla made the, the right decision in terms of formation and personnel. The, the funny thing for me, I, th- I think it was Michael Keane's comments, wasn't it, after the game? Um, and I think he got asked, oh, you, you know, were you working on this shape sort of in the week? And he just said, no. <laughs> he said, we had, we had no time to work on it. So, you know, the fact <laughs> that the players have been asked to play a certain way and, it, it, you know, if you take what Michael Keane says at face value, they've not been practicing this on the training ground or been thinking about this in mind specifically for Wolves. It, you know, it felt like it was about having to sort of manage the squad and just put out the best team that he could. So I think the fact that we got a result, um, you know, is yeah, absolute credit to the manager, but, you know, what credit to the players for sort of executing the plan? Because when I saw that team, I thought, oh, this is going to be a horrible game to watch. And I could almost feel the sulk creeping up on me already because there were, there were times early on I thought we're, we're struggling to play out here you know we're struggling to play football from the back in, uh, and sort of get into attacking phases and then when the goal went in it was as Matty said it was a really lovely move I thought hang on you know <laughs> this could go a bit different and then of course the equaliser went in and it was it was a bit of a difficult game after that you, you almost felt it could go either way for a while mm-hmm. um, but yeah I'd be really surprised if we see that shape again yeah, well, obviously, we're, hopefully we will welcome um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin back into the start 11. Whether he plays, obviously, the cup game is a different matter. We're not sure how severe the injury is. Um, Richardson, obviously, he, he should be should be good to go. But that that, that goal, I, I tweeted earlier on, that that's that, that's got that's really one of my favourite goals of the season, that goal, just for the for the move itself. You know, and like Matty said earlier on, the way it will be, you know, he, he made that run, didn't he? He kept going, um, got into a central area. Um and and obviously we, we we say it time and again Hammers can do I know it was early on but Hammers can do nothing in the game but you've always got something I think in his locker you know that, that switch of play we've seen it so many times this season but that switch of play to Luca Dean it it was great one that that's what Hammers brings you every single time he's on the pitch yeah for me mate that's I agree with you I think I think that's one of my if not my favourite goal of the season actually um, we started really really bright. Um, and we looked we looked sharp from the outset. But on, on a side note, I prefer Sulky Pete. Pete, so can we just keep keep Sulky Pete going? Because when we have Sulky Pete, we tend to win. 
the last time I heard you were optimistic, mate, is when you felt we were playing brilliant against West Ham when it was nil-nil at half-time and we were absolutely awful. And we ended up losing one-nil. So keep the sulky Pete going, son. Even in the 95th minute of that game, I still thought we were going to beat West Ham. Yeah, I don't want optimistic Pete, mate. Just to stay stick to sulky Pete. But no, um, no but on, on a, going back to James, mate, if you watch the move carefully, it's a lovely move anyway, we know that. But if you watch it, it's see how he receives the ball. Because obviously, Wobi gets it on the right. He plays it pretty much first time into Hammers' feet. First of all, he finds a spot in between three or four players in a tight, congested area. He takes a touch with his weak foot, his right foot, to open up his body. And he's literally passed it before Moutinho, who's the nearest to him, could even get anywhere near him. So already he's got a picture in his head, hasn't he? You know, he obviously loves that switch of play. And we all know in footy, you know, against you know teams that are playing quite compact, quick switches of play can open teams up. And he knows that himself. So the way he receives it, if you watch it, he just receives it brilliantly. He opens his body with his right foot, passes it with his left. And it's a lovely third-man run from Iwobi. He follows his pass, doesn't he? He just follows his pass. And, and that take, take nothing away from that finish. I know Matt said, you know, there, right, obviously it took a slight deflection, but he was in anyway, wasn't it? I mean, we knew that. But that's not an easy technique, that. You know what I mean? The ball's coming across him. He's not obviously hit it with his, with his laces. He's almost like caressed it in the corner and he cut across it slightly. And that's a great finish. And I just thought, yeah, boys are up for this. Because obviously, we all know how awful we played against Wolves in the um, you know the end of the last season. Um, and obviously, Carlo was reminded of that in the pre-match. And he was just like, yeah, yeah don't really want to talk about it, essentially. But um, and we all know what, what you get with Wolves. I know we, we said in the podcast last week, you know, that they are lacking Jimenez, who is obviously a big threat. He holds up the ball. He, you know, he basically is, is the fulcrum of the way they play. But it's never an easy game to beat Wolves. You've got to be on your game to beat him. Um, and, you know, that, that Neto, I said it last week, I really like him. He causes all sorts of problems, didn't he, down that side? Um, I thought he was one of their better players. We are quite fortunate Traore wasn't playing. Um, but then their, their left-back, I can't remember his name, is it Ain't Nori? Ain't Nori, is it? He's, he's another, another talent. So they've got very technically good footballers, haven't they? You know, they're basically Portugal FC, aren't they, really? But, I mean, like... Um, but um, yeah, they still cause us problems. But you know, the goal, great goal. It was just really, really frustrating. Then the way we conceded that 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 equaliser pretty much soon after, wasn't it? It was quite soft, really. I mean, yeah, it was a corner. It was flicked onto the back post, and yes, he's look. He took the Corey out. The Corey sold himself a little bit. But I mean, it, the cross. I mean, it took out about three defenders, didn't it? They all missed it by about half an inch. Mm-hmm. And um, to be fair to Neves, who always seems to score against us, uh, he gets his customary goal. But um, that, he took, took it well, to be fair, wasn't it? Because he was flying at him um, and he took it well. But it was just, yeah, you know, great, great, great to get the win uh, overall. But um, I just felt, yeah, it, it was going to be that type of game as soon as it made, as soon as it turned into 1-1. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned the obviously decolizer there. And it, it, it was disappointing you because one thing that we really showed up on this season, uh, I think if it, if it, I think I saw a start yesterday. We, we can see the one goal from a set piece this season, which is incredible. You know, considering think back to a couple of years ago under Marco Silva, how how poor we were, and we we were playing obviously uh, this zonal marking shape, which we still do now. We still set up zonally, uh, but every single player seems to know their job, know the position, know the, the you know the square that that the defending, and and you know we, we've we've really worked on that with obviously the the coaches that are there now. Uh, I know, I know, David Ancelotti is—he's absolutely—he's he, he's so crucial to this in terms of the work that he does uh, when it comes to defending set pieces. Um, so it was disappointing to concede. I think, I think 
for me, I don't know what you think, Matty, but I think it's probably the, the, the corner that we conceded for the goal was probably avoided. You know, I think Dave was probably, was probably a little bit unlucky. I think he's probably, he's anticipated, I think, a quicker ball coming in and he's almost stumbled. And then the ball sort of obviously roll, rolls away. So for me, I think it was probably, you know, an, an avoidable set piece to concede. Yeah, it was, mate. Um, you know, to be honest, I, I thought Tom had a decent game, to be perfectly honest. But, um, yeah, I don't know whether he was just in two minds, whether to console it or just obviously to wait it out first time. And, like you say, his, his feet got a bit tangled and it's out for the corner. Um, but it was surprising to see the way Decore got done as well. Um, you know, he, he just looked like he was treading, treading water, didn't he, once, once uh, their left-back got ahead of him. Um, and then obviously whips fair play, whip, whips a decent ball to the back post. Um, but you look on the replay, how, how close Keane and Godfrey were to getting an head on it. Um, and then obviously it's it's in the back of the net, isn't it, mate? But um, like you said, yeah, um, all around, you know, it, it it could have been easily avoided. Yeah, and you mentioned obviously the, the Corey there, and we we highlighted this ourselves during the game. You know, in what he's he's sort of tried to anticipate, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's moved towards the ball, so once he does that. That momentum he's got, there's no way he's ever going to recover. And the no. kid was quick as well. The kid was well well away from him. He was never going to recover from that. Um, so a couple of disappointing sort of factors from from conceding that goal. Um, but I think for, for me, you know, when we when we've conceded this season, obviously I know we've lost lost a few games, but when we've conceded, when we're being pegged back in games, I always feel now, Pete. I haven't got that sense of dread anymore as much as I used to, you know, from past experience and history, you know, we're, we're quite pessimistic. And I think, you know, we've always been able to call the games when we can see the goal, we'd always say, yeah, game over. It's happened the odd time this season, but I think there's a bit of a, a, a mentality shift, certainly within the players now, where if we do get pegged back and we can see the goal first, say, the players now seem to believe that we can get back into the game and we can go on and, and, and win that type of game. Definitely. Uh, we've seen it a few times this season, haven't we? Um, you remember the West Brom game? I think a lot of a lot of Blues heads went down um, as soon as they got goals. And, you know, we showed them again and again, didn't we? That we're, we're maybe a different outfit this season, a different team. I'll have to try and find the exact stats, but I'm, I'm sure during the game, I saw a stat that was something along the lines of when Everton have gone in front, I think we've won something like, what is it, nine out of 12 games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which is which is incredible, you know, to to, to be on that kind of or, or be that consistent, you know, because it. I think I think Pete, that probably that plays into the mind of opponents. I think when you know if they go behind to Everton, you know, they do think, you know, Jesus Christ, we have to try and get back into this game, and this is a side that aren't used to losing from winning positions. So that's also a good a good mentality shift as well. Definitely, it's hard to put your finger on on maybe what's changed that because I know. This is when Silver came in and we signed certain players. You know, we, we um, there was a lot of talk about signing leaders, wasn't there? You know, Gilfie Sigurdsson had such a big role at his club. Michael Keane had been a real leader at his. Even when we signed Klassen, you know, you, you, he was a, arguably at the time top European footballer who'd had a, you know, been Ajax's captain, hadn't he? So I think we all had this sense that, yeah, you know, the club were trying to change things and that would be the season it happened. It didn't quite work out like that. So it's funny to sort of see a click now, isn't it? Um mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned obviously Michael Keane and Michael Keane obviously on the spot again. Uh, one player alongside, I'd, I'd obviously like to highlight. Yeah, you mean I think he's he's picked up again the last the last few weeks, especially uh, looking solid. But Michael Keane, you know, yeah, obviously he's, he's he's brought goals to his to his game. We, we are dangerous from set pieces now. We we do 
we do cause a, a threat with the size of the players we've got, whether it be Keane, Mina, uh, Calvert-Lewin, players like that. Well, Michael Keane, yet again, take away, great header he scored, by the way, fantastic ball from Andre Gomez, you know, that, 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 that uh, on his wrong foot as well. Great header from Keane, but defensively, Michael Keane, yet again, looked very, very strong. Yeah, Keane, for me, I think he's been our player of the season. Up there with Calvert-Lewin, player of the season for me. I think he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, he's proved a lot of doubt was wrong as well. You know, um, it's weird, isn't it? He's, sort of, he's, sort of, he's had a fluctuated sort of spell with Everton, hasn't he? He, he had a good season the season before last. Um, and then last season was obviously up and down, but then he had the foot injury, didn't he? That obviously only came out at the end. And then obviously this season, I think he's been, you know, almost faultless, really. Um you know, it really, I think Carlo's really instilled him uh, you know, a lot of confidence in him. He, again, he's one of those players for me. He's a confidence player, isn't he? He needs an arm around him, and Carlo's given him plenty of leveling. I think Carlo really, 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 uh, really rates him, uh, and obviously he likes his defenders anyway. So I think Keane's been outstanding, and, and that's some head of that. That's some head. He's got above Saiz, and Saiz is very good in the air. You know, he scores a lot of goals himself from set pieces for Wolves anyway. Um, and Keane, you know, and you just called it there, mate. What a cross from Gomez. I thought Gomez did well when he came on. I thought he gave us something different. He's done that last few times now, little cameos. He's come on, he got the assist there. Uh, Carmen possession, showed a bit more aggression. He just looked, looked a little bit fitter to me. Do you know what I mean? Just mm. seems to sort of have that extra yard again. You know, he seems to be winning the ball back, a uh, bit more aggressive. And that's a great ball in that. I mean, the vast majority of players there, like you just said, on your weak foot, probably going to feign to shoot it with, you know, to cross it, sorry, with your left and then drop it onto your right and whip it in. But he's just gone, Straight away, I think even the defender's probably thinking he's probably going to try and check onto his right. And he's just whipped him. I mean, that's undefendable, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's took the keeper out of the game completely. Um, and obviously, Big Yeri's coming in with a flying elbow as well to suck, to suck the guy out in front of him. As soon as I saw that, you watch it, you think, oh, no, here we go. VAR's going to find a way to rule this out here. Um, but no, that's, that's a great header. It's a great leap. And obviously, once he's up there, he's directed it. He's almost like big Duncan-esque, wasn't it? Right in the corner. Um, and, you know, I'm so, so, so grateful we, we won that game because it, it was sort of, it just had 1-1 written all over it for, for me at that point. It was kind of, if one team could just get, get a goal here, they'll probably win it. Uh, and that's what proved to be. Uh, almost a bit like the West Ham game in a way, wasn't it? Uh, obviously, we showed a bit more quality in this game, but um, it just felt like whoever gets the next goal is going to win this. Um, and, and what a goal to win it as well! Um, but I thought overall we probably just we probably just nicked it in terms of uh, in terms of the uh, the threat we were carrying. Um, and I'm just pleased the team are, are managing to pull out these results to keep us up there because you know the last thing we want is to have that Villa game postponed, don't we? And obviously it's been postponed, and you know it's so tight at the top now, isn't it? Leicester won yesterday, um, and that means obviously they go three points ahead of us now before we play them again next week. So. Um, when you win in football matches, players just want to play, even if it's a game every three days, isn't it? They want to play and carry on the momentum. So I just pray to God we just don't we don't lose that bit of momentum. Because uh, if you remember the last time we had that little break, we played West Ham and we just didn't look at the races, did we? Yeah, there, there's certainly been concern. I think uh, you know we, we were quite keen to have to get the Villa game on. Um, we, we've said it time and again this season, momentum is is key. And, we discussed how the international break, the first one of the season, killed our early season momentum. We came back and we were nowhere near the same, the same side for one reason or another. Then obviously, um, 
we, we look at what happened against West Ham, you know, losing that game. And mo- momentum is key. You know, it doesn't matter how you win a game. It's just about winning games. And, you know, we, we've won more games this season in the, in the league than Man City, Tottenham uh, and Liverpool, you know, um, as well as the, the likes of Chelsea who are below us at this moment in time. That, that's some stat, isn't it? Bear in mind, we played less mm-hmm. games as well. Um, and I know we, we we laugh and joke and, you know, if, but no one's sitting here saying, Everton going to win the title because that doesn't cross my mind personally. You know, we're doing well. You know, we're probably, in terms of uh, points-wise, we're probably a bit above where Carlo expects us to be, I'm sure. Um, but we've got games in hand on all of them around. I know they're not easy games, obviously City and Aston Villa, but there's games in hand there that we've got. Um, so we've got a chance here, Matty, to to potentially do something a little bit, a little bit special this season. Now, whether that's obviously... Champions League qualification, um, even obviously finishing within the European sp- uh, place would, would be fantastic for us to, to get there in Carlo's first full season. But I think it's about time for me uh, that the players start to believe that they can do something and have, have that confidence when you step on the pitch now that you can go out there and you can take points off anybody. Definitely, mate. I think you look at obviously the performances um, and the results that we've got against, you know, all those teams. I mean, I, I still think the measuring stick for me it was the first game against Tottenham, where I just thought for, for, for the full 90 minutes, we were absolutely superb, mate. I, I think it's the only, probably the only time this season as well where attacking and defending, I thought we were absolutely spot on. Um, and you look, you know, you look at the games we've won against, you know, obviously, you know, like see Chelsea, Leicester, like, 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 uh, like Lee mentioned before, no, we've got, we've got to play them. Um, next week, but I thought we made them look really ordinary. Um, and I'm not saying we were at our best either, but you know we we won comfortably um, on the night. So th- th- there's not nothing to say we can actually do it again at Goodison. Um, so all those teams around us, um, like you said, you know the City and Villa games where we've got to play them. Yet they'll be difficult games, but I think hopefully all the players are, are looking to a man and looking at it and thinking, do you know what? Yeah, we 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 could do all right here. Um, and I just think, like you said, mate, I think the only thing um, with obviously this bit of a gap now um, in between the games, hopefully it's not going to derail us like it has a couple of times this season um, already. But yeah, on the face of it, hopefully, you know, get players back fit um, and, you know, give it a right good go for the second half of the season. Yeah, I agree, mate. I, I, I think um, for me... For me, the the key is to try and sort of get those players back as soon as we can. The likes of Alan, get a fully fit Alan in there, fully fit Decore, fully fit Hamed, and I think we can then sort of like we discussed this briefly on the other of the week. Almost change a bit the way we play. I think we've 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 almost won. Dare I say it? Like playing a little bit ugly, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? We've been we've, we've you know throughout the whole of December, we've almost had to play that way to get results. And you know, Carlo's found a way to make us really hard to beat. And then obviously we've carried a threat going the other way. And, you know, Hammers for me, makes the difference in these sort of games. Um, he really does. I mean, obviously, we've missed him massively in December, even though we got some great results. But, you know, in these sort of tight games, when you need someone to do a bit of magic, you know, even it doesn't have to be something absolutely outrageous. It could just be like that pass he did to lay on the, you know, almost the pre-assist for Roby's goal. It's just, it's what he gives you, isn't it? It's just, he's just a, such a clever player. And if we can keep him fit, yeah, Calvert-Lewin scoring again, because that's the key. Dom, Dom before his injury, has dropped off a little bit, hasn't he? And I just hope Dom can start scoring again, because Richarlison's not having his best best season in terms of return of goals. Um, so if you can imagine, if he starts if he starts scoring again, he can get to you know minimum double figures, 
and Dom start scoring. They, you know, they could basically carry us into those. Well, for me, they can, top four is a shout. Top four is available this for us this season. But we do need Dom, and and we need we need Richie Richie trying to. If we can get Richie like I said up to ten goals second half of the season, then we've got a great chance of getting in there. What do you think, Pete? No, I, yeah, I, I completely, almost completely agree. I, I think if we get Richarlison firing to a normal Richarlison, then I think we've got every chance of, um, of really, really pushing the top four. But the top four now, it's it's a different beast, isn't it? You've almost got like four or five teams that could win the title. It's no longer like a, a sort of a top two, is it? And then you know the the rest sort of fill fill the gaps. It's, you know, arguably you've got Leicester there that could have a title push. You know, United, I think, have shocked everybody by turning it around. And, you know, there's noises of titles for, for them. Spurs, it's settled down a little bit because I think, like you pointed out a few times, Mourinho is a bit of a one-trick pony. And I think certain teams have figured out how to play against them. But, you know, really, everybody's in there, aren't they? You, you would say probably now over the past two games, the, the table's starting to spread a little bit between the top half and the and the bottom but it's been it's incredibly tight i think what three points separate us i think before kickoff today between what was it second and ninth or something like that yeah it's madness isn't it Crazy. you look you look you look at liverpool today look, that's their third game in a row they haven't scored you know what i mean so everyone's saying oh yeah yeah liverpool you know it's van dyke's injured obviously uh, their other center halves injured gomez yeah they're really going to they're really going to start I don't know, is it? I think he's been rested, I'm mate. Not, I'm not here. <laughs> I'm not here. I'm <laughs> uh, No, but generally speaking, the, the, the front three aren't firing for him. The front three aren't firing for him at all. And, and your teams need to be brave and go there and beat them and take it to him. United weren't brave today. So United are a bit braver today and took, took it to him. They would have won that game. So, you know, you, Liverpool are there for the taking. Um, Leicester are a weird one. I mean, they won again yesterday. Obviously, you know, they were fortunate to play Southampton without Danny Ings, and you know they're relatively toothless Southampton without Danny Ings, aren't they? You know, Che Adams is all right, but he's no Danny Ings. So they played him at a good time. But Leicester are a weird one because, like like Matty said before, when we played them, you know, we made them look pretty ordinary, and that's the way to play Leicester. You just don't give them any counter attack space, don't give them any grass to run into, and they're pretty ordinary. You know what I mean? And, and you know, we'll probably set up that way even at home at Goodison. You know, we'll probably let them have the ball again, and we'll just go, go on then. What are you going to do? Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that how that game pans out. But yeah, look, who says who says if those guys can can't, can't you know can start firing, we, we can we can potentially push for the title, boys. It's, <laughs> yeah, you, you say that and then you, you then mute yourself because you're smirking. Please be on the sherry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that you know it, it's one of those, isn't it? It's we we laugh and we joke and and. You know, no one's sitting there saying that that's, that's going to happen. The point that we're making here, to, obviously, to those who, who, who are listening, and I'm sure that people agree as well, the table is tight. The table's very, very tight. At this moment in time, no one's pulling away. There's been no one standout team. You know, we, we look at City now and now starting to play like Man City. They're gaining some momentum. Um, Liverpool had that momentum. It's dropped off slightly. United have got a bit of momentum. Leicester are back up there. Obviously, ourselves picking that win up. Spurs have started again. You know, we're sitting, as we speak now, in, in sixth place on 32 points. Say, games in hand uh, on the on the teams teams around us. Only five points off the top of the table. 
And we say we played 17 games. We're nearly halfway through the season and we're five points at the top of the table, which is an incredible turnaround when you look at where we were last season, how far behind we were at this stage last season uh, from the top of the table. So the, the point here is, yeah, don't, don't be complacent. Don't obviously, people start dreaming of winning titles and things like that. The point is, the players have got to believe, like I said before, the players have got to believe. It's in their hands, you know. Show some show some belief, show confidence, a belief in yourselves as a team. You know, players who were, who were, getting, who were being brought in, stand up to be counted. Alex Iwobi is a prime example of that. He was given a chance against Fulham. Uh, playing wing back has not looked back. I thought he was exceptional against against Wolves yet again. Could could have scored two. Really should have scored two with that chance on the great Hammers Hammers pass in the first half. But a player now who you're yeah, thinking, hell, he's he's hard he's hard to drop. You know he's got to play on the right. We'll throw Hammers in the middle, which is even better for us having Hammers just float around and do what he wants to do. But Iwobi's now got a spot on the side. You know Ben Godfrey's come in. Been exceptional, you know. Another player you think, Luca Dean's back here, but Luca Dean played left wing against Wolves. Ben Godfrey played left back. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. Yeah, you mean is sort of come back in, taking his taking his uh, his spot. Mason Holgate can't seem to get back into the side. You know, he's sort of sometimes he's right back, sometimes he's on he's on the bench. There's players like that now. We've got to start to really push other players. So players who maybe took took their start and bear for granted. He needs to be pushed along, and that's that's for the you know to the benefit of the team. Most having a good squad, a competitive squad, and the, the more games we keep on winning, and the longer that we're up there for, the more confidence players have to come in and and make a difference, and the more confidence that that, that side has. So it's certainly going to be a season where I hope we can stick up there for as long as possible and sort of come sort of March April time, be around a similar if not better position. And within striking distance of those above because the side this side can do something ahead of schedule in a you know a really disjointed and strange season. So who knows? But important important win against Wolves. Um, obviously we're going to discuss Sheffield Wednesday shortly. But that Leicester game is is a real is a real big one. Is a real big one for our ambitions this season. That's for sure. Um, so hopefully, the question, is, the question is, Mike, do we do we get anyone in January now to try and do that little bush? I know, obviously, Brown well, has come out and said, you know, yeah, well, we we won't sign anyone, we won't be signing anyone in January. But do we do we try and get anyone now for that little push now over the last sort of last you know second half of the season? It's a perfect segue to the middle section, which is going to be about the ADM because obviously transfers formed a, a decent part of that that virtual discussion uh, on on Thursday, wasn't it? And it was you know we we, we heard then that we're we're not looking to get anyone in, and within about. 12 hours we were linked to the lads from Bayern Munich exactly weren't we um, and obviously we've had links to Kadir already Isco players like that um, I would like to, I, I think we need I think we do need cover at least especially for Calvert-Lewin we've seen you know players did a great job against Wolves like we said playing with no with no recognised striker uh, from the off but you you want to you know if if you're playing a particular formation which you know a central strike is pivotal to I think I think Calvert Lewin needs cover uh, I really do like I said obviously Cheng Tosson it shows what Carlo thinks of Cheng Tosson if he can't get a game when um, Calvert Lewin's injured and there's no one else you know and, and we're playing Sigurdsson up front that that says a lot really for me so uh, Tosson will probably be out the door this this month so we've got to have we, we we I think we've got to uh, I think we'd be daft not to 
especially if we're making, you know, a bit of money and saving money on on um, wages for the likes of Tosson. Hopefully, the likes of Bessic, Balassi, which I'm not sure whether he'll go anywhere. But players like that, uh, John Joe Kenny is being linked to a couple of sides as well. If we're saving money and, and getting some some uh, some transfer fees, and there's no reason why we can't go and grab a loan like the kid from Bayern Munich and, and bring him in for a bit of cover. But you, I think we're gonna we're gonna need someone, aren't we? Um, to 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 shore things up and, and give it, you know, that bit more cover. But what what do you think, Peter? You along the same lines? That do you think we're gonna we're gonna have a little a little dabble later on? You think we've got to bring in cover for Calvert Lewin? Wouldn't you? I mean, I think we've seen from Tosin so far. Yeah, yeah, he can finish in the six yard box. He'll get you a goal or two, but he can't replace Calvert Lewin in the way that we want to play in that system. Um, I did make the Cardinal sin. I've got to admit, I watched the YouTube highlight reel of the buying lad. And based on that, I think he's going to score his 35 goals if he signs in January. <laughs> Always the worst thing to do, isn't it? Always the worst thing to do, do that. But, you know, it's a name which has been linked. I think he was on trial with us, wasn't he, a few years ago. Uh, and I think they were quite convinced we were going to get him as well. And then buying, buying stuck in and took him. Um, Another massive fan of Koeman, I hear, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but no, he's he's just one name. It's being linked, hasn't he? You know, it's um, it's 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 possible. I think I saw this morning. It's it's one which could run till the end of the window. I think the reason why it would do that is because we're trying to get players out. You know, Marcel Brandon leader to the fact he wants to get players out of the door. It's as simple as that. You need to trim this side down. I think the squad's twenty-seven, and that's not including. Uh, Balassi and Bessie too, who uh, they're not involved in that 27. I don't think either team with the first team anymore from you want to believe what, what Balassi says on social media. Um, so the squad's still big. I think they're, they're looking at having 23, 24 as a squad size. Uh, Bernard's another one who could be on his way out. Obviously, Roma uh, looking at Bernard and uh, Olsen coming as part of that particular deal on a, on a permanent deal. So the, the, there's things that that will will happen, I'm sure, this window. Um, but I, I don't think we'll make make any kind of permanent moves. But I think a loan a loan move is certainly going to be in the offing um, at at some point. But touching, as I say, touching on transfers and the and the the ADM, um, Marcel Brands had a, a quite a big part in this, and he was talking about. Um, the, the, the transfer window, which has gone in the summer, said obviously that was a really difficult and, and strange transfer window. Um, obviously, with the the impact of of COVID on finances, um, it, it it impacted a lot of a lot of well, all football clubs really, uh, because spending power was was reduced. That's for sure. Um, but it was it was somewhat a bit of a a buyer's market almost. With trying to get players out of the door was really really difficult. You know, uh, that it was always positive. I mean, we saw didn't need they've confirmed, which was amazing. Hamas Rodriguez, as as we all thought, Lee was a was a free transfer. So an absolute absolute masterstroke by by Marcel Brands, Carlo Carlo Ancelotti to get Hammers in on the on a free. Yeah, I mean it, obviously we found out a few months ago that was the case, wasn't it? So great great bit of business to get him in on a free. Obviously, you know, the, the sort of slight caveat getting someone on a free like that is that obviously the wages are higher than probably what you'd normally give them, but that's normally offset, isn't it, against obviously the transfer fee. So that probably allowed us to get him anyway. You know, the fact we negotiated Real Madrid down to nothing. Um, but no, yeah, it, it, it's interesting really because you just mentioned there that he, he talked about we, they pulled out, they pulled out, he apparently referred to two deals they pulled out of because of COVID. Obviously, we know one of them is Gabriel. 
and that was pretty much almost a done deal, wasn't it? And then mm-hmm. we don't know the other one though, so it'd be interesting to find out who that was. Um, but he actually alluded to the fact that it was two people that um, that we had to pull out of because of COVID. Um, time will tell with Gabriel. Um, you know, would we have signed Godfrey potentially if we'd have signed Gabriel? We don't know, do we? And obviously, Godfrey looks like a you know as, as we've all seen a real talent. Uh, but Gabriel looks like you know I know Arsenal have been indifferent this season, but he, he looks like a player as well. So let, let let's wait let's wait and see. But that was that was an interesting one and. Also, he mentioned as well, didn't he? He's been involved. Was it was it over seventy deals in the time he's it's, been there, which is outrageous. It, it is, yeah. It's two two and a half seasons he's been involved in seventy four player exits in total, which which, which shows you the scale, the scale of the job that he that he's got. Even now, on what his does hands, he do, mate? What does he do? I don't know, mate. Honestly, <laughs> I don't fans. know. To be honest with you, do? you know. It's it's one of those questions that I'm always asking myself. What does Marcel Browns do? But um, he's a very very busy man, and he's got a very very difficult job. That is that is for sure. You know, we we talk about um, the players which he's getting out of the door. It's still the case now. When we said that already, that he's trying to move on players from regimes going back, you know, two managers, three managers ago, and that's that's the the scale of the, of the job that he's got. Um, I think I mean look, look. There was also a great figure which Massey we, we said before before we recorded today about this that um, in 2018 there was a squad of 40 players who represented the value of 311 million pound, which was an average of 8.2 million pound a player. The current value of the 27 players in the squad is 456 million pound, and an average of 16.9 million pound per player. So. What he's done there, Matty, you know, as well as timing the fat and the and the, the, the crap from the, the squad, if you like, from previous regimes, he's also got less players worth more money. So that that's a that's a great reflection of the work that he's done in, in those two and a half years, isn't it? Definitely, mate. I mean, you've only got to look at the squad, haven't you? Um where we're up to now, like you said, I know we've got a smaller squad, but in terms of the quality, you know, um that he's brought in. You obviously you look at the likes of Luther Dean, don't you? Um, you know, players like that, Richarlison, um, Calvert Lewin. You know, if if you if you're selling me sorts of players, you know, how much money would you seriously be looking at it, you know, to for to have to buy um, you know, players like that? It it'd be astronomical, wouldn't it, to be honest? So like you said, mate, I totally agree. I think in terms of um the work that he's had to do, and obviously Carlo as well being involved in that. They're still hamstrung going back to like the Cumin and Walsh era for me. Um and you know, we are still seeing the ramifications of that. Um I think in in terms of any players that we could get in, like you said, it it all depends. Obviously, you can go out the door. I think the only really saleable one that you might you know you might see, um, if you can call them a saleable asset, like is Chenk. Um I think there's obviously a few teams that are interested in, even if it's a long deal. Um you, if, you know, if you see him going out on loan, like you said, you could see maybe Zerty coming in. Um, but like you said, I, I think it's probably going to last maybe another year or two until we finally get some of these off the books because we all know that the certain players there they're going to wait until the end of the contract before they actually leave the club. Um, you know, not naming names, but we all know there's been certain players who've been they've been offered deals elsewhere to go and they're still there, aren't they? So, um, I think I think brands personally in, in terms of the, the the shape of the squad. Compared to when he took over, I think he's done wonders. To be perfectly honest, mate. Like you said, what does he do? <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've got to do everything to keep Marcel Brands. Um, 
you know, we're talking about trying to get signings in. We want to try and, you know, there's rumours about a new deal for him in there. We need to renew renew his contract. I know United are sniffing around him. Um, you know, some fans were alluding to the fact, was that a bit of a farewell speech, especially with stats like that, saying this is what I inherited and this is what I've, you know, this is what I've, what I've done so far. Um, not only has he obviously increased the value of those players with the signings we've made, and that, the, the, I think I'm right in saying, Mike, the average age of the squad's dropped as well, hasn't it? So, you know, that's yeah, what, he's, what he alluded to um, when he came in. Um, that he wanted to bring the age of the squad down, he wanted to bring the size of the squad down, and obviously wanted to try and get rid of some people out the door. Um, it's interesting the way he phrased it. It was quite funny, wasn't it? The way he apparently said something, um, trying to try and further their careers. We've got a few players that we need to try and further their careers. <laughs> you know, I mean, in yes. other words, you're gone, son. You know what I mean? Um, mm. But no, I think, you know, for me, for continuity, by all means, he's got a great relationship with Carlo. He alluded to that. Um, for me, he's got to, you know, we've got, we've got to, sorry, just keep him as long as possible and then and, and basically kind of finish the project that he started, really. The last thing we'd want is someone else coming in, potentially tearing that blueprint up and starting again. Um, so for me, I think, um, I think we've got to do everything we can to keep Carlo, uh, obviously Carlo, sorry, to keep Marcel in there as well. Um, but there's also a stat I said to you boys off mic before. I don't know the exact uh, nature of that. Something on the lines of um, since he's since he's been involved there, he's obviously shifted a lot of players out as well as bringing people in. But of all the signings we've actually shifted out, the, the, we've only sold them for 100 mil, which mm. is absolutely ridiculous. And if you consider Garner was 30 mil of that, so the rest of those players all, all together was 70 mil. So you just alluded to there, Matt. You know the Cumin the and Walsh era. You know, I mean that that says it all, doesn't it? You know, even even dare I say, Chenk as well. What did we pay for him? Twenty mil. Twenty eight, mate, wasn't it? Was it twenty eight? Yeah, twenty eight. It was on, yeah. Twenty eight, bloody hell, right? So that tells you everything <laughs> as well, doesn't it? You know what we've paid for some of these players, um, and obviously, you know, we've sold a lot of them at a loss. Um, but it's just a case of getting them out of the door. But what it does feel, it does feel like. I mean, that's that you you just talked about there, Mike, about you know. The average squad, you know, um, the squad value going up there. I mean, that's a great stat for him. If, you know, this is essentially, in a nutshell, my job. Mm-hmm. And you know, that that's all he has to say, isn't it? What, the, what? This is what I had. This is what I inherited. This is where we are now, when we're kind of like almost like nearly halfway through the project. For me, we finally, for now, feel like we've got a bit of stability. Sort of the right arm knows what the left arm, left arm is doing at the club now. I think it seems a lot more organised. It seems like we've got the right people in the right positions. Um, not just obviously Carlo on the, on, the, on the football front, but also behind the scenes as well. Um, so, yeah, so you know, everything seems bright, doesn't it? I mean, I think they talked about the stadium as well, didn't they? Saying that it's been delayed. They reckon what COVID's caused, hopefully just a six-month delay. They reckon we could hopefully be in there summer 2024, did they say? Yeah, the, the, the stadium obviously got brought up, um, as, as you would expect them. The, the, there's been issues, obviously, with the with the council in terms of um, personnel and resources to to deal with the the plan application. That's the first thing. So that that's out of our hands. You know, we've we obviously have to do a redesign as well um, because of a bit a bit of a kickback from from the the lovely folk of historic England. Um, although they're still rabbiting on about uh, not being too happy about it. Um, but I think. Yeah, it's 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 disappointing in that sense, isn't it? Because in if if obviously coronavirus was not an issue and it ha- it hadn't hit in the way that it did, and we were going about our, our lives normally, 
the chances are they would have been they would have started the work by now. Um and that's that's a disappointing thing. You you know, as much as you don't want to leave Goodison Park, you've got to look forward and look at the future. And this is going to be the the thing which sets us up for for many, many years to come. And and it's it's almost a final piece in the jigsaw for me, isn't it? You know, we, we look at having the manager that we've got. Obviously there's going to be changes in, in personnel regarding transfers in the next sort of three or four years, of course. But when when we open that stadium, you, you want to have a side and a manager fit for that particular stadium. That's that that's the key for me. They've, they've got to be fit to to one, wear the shirt and also be be as world class as Bramley Moore is going to be. That that's the vision, you know, and, and I know Farhad Mashi wants to be there to see that out. Carlo always speaks about wanting to extend his contract and be there. Um, you know, like we've already said, Marcel Brands for me, it's key that he signs a new contract. You, you don't want to be sort of starting afresh again, bringing another director of football uh, when you've had, a, had a, uh, a director of football who's worked so well with with the current manager and has done a decent job in the two and a half years that he's, that he's been there for. You know, we we spent, this, they said in the, uh, on the agent, £39 million so far on Bramley Moore. And by, by the end of um the the current financial year it's going to be around about 50 million 50 million pounds which is a lot of money you know for for not having a spade in the ground so to speak um but they're, they're fairly hopeful the club that you know as like you said Lee, we should be we should be starting work on their all being well later on this year um but i, I think to, to put many fans minds at rest i think you know with the, the day that, that the building work does start um people will then start to start to relax but there's still no, obviously, there's no financing in place according to what was said. Uh, there's nothing set in stone in regard to that, which, you know, it, that needs to happen sooner rather than later. I'm sure they probably keep the, the cards close to the chest. I'm sure that they do, you know. But you, you want to start seeing movements on that front. But it's difficult at the moment. We all know, we all understand why it is. Um, but for me, it'll, it'll obviously be be, be worth the wait. Um and one thing I'd say with Mashiri, he, he'll for me, he strikes me as a guy that'll get it done. You know, he's come here oh, with ambition. Yeah. He stuck his hand in his pocket plenty of times for us as a club already. Um, and I, I think, um, you know, obviously, look, it's not all roses in the garden, is it? The club's made heavy losses, you know. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, we're only part of the way through the picture, aren't we? We're not, we're not all the way there yet. And I think for for him, his lasting legacy. Um, will be the stadium when he when he when he eventually you know moves away. Hopefully that won't be for a while yet. But um, you know you've got to give credit to Mashiri for me. He's 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 stuck. He cleared the debts when he first came in. He's thrown a load of money at it since. And also you know let's not all be doom and gloom on the transfer front. I think I think Marcel did actually say it's unlikely in January because obviously player values tend to be overinflated and everything else. But he did say if an opportunity was to present itself, then obviously we'd look at it. So that's saying that the door is slightly ajar as well, isn't it? Um, in terms of, you know, if there was an opportunity. I mean, I'd love us. I mean, we'd all be the same. We'd love us to get, a, you know, a goal-scoring winger, isn't it? We, you know, a, 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 someone with a bit of pace out wide. We've been linked with Leon Bailey a few times from Leverkusen. I don't know whether any of you boys have seen him. He, he looks a real player, fast, direct, loves to come off the right-hand side on his left foot, loves to get shots off. Um, and he's having a great season again at, at Leverkusen. He's a great age as well. So someone like him would be perfect for us. You know, for me, I mean, maybe it's a bit sort of cloud cuckoo land, but if we did sell Keane for 30 mil and he's been valued around about that, I'd go in and get him, if we can get him, get him as early as we can, because if he carries on playing like he does for Leverkusen now, that 30 mil could be 50 mil, 60 mil come the summer. 
that's the problem. Yeah, that of course. I mean, it's it's a it's not not sort of chance you take because we 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 are a little bit sort of our hands are tied in in certain areas regarding transfers. Of course, they are. Um, but you know the the question of whether Farhad Mithiri wants to take wants to take a chance and wants to gamble, we just don't know. I mean, as much as the finances are what they are, we we know what he's what he's like in terms of just throwing money at, at the problem. I'm not saying it's the right way to go about it, but you know he he's quite he's quite keen to to get success, isn't he? So if if he can if he can smell a top four finish, you know, it, or 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 better, who knows what he what he's going to do. Um, but you know, certainly at the moment, you know, transfer fees are not what they were. They can't be. Uh, that's why, obviously, why it's a, it's a buyer's market. But you know, there's talk of another note. Obviously, Moiskin uh, and PSG talk of 31, 32 million pound. I think it's a great deal for everyone concerned. To be honest, I think if that if that comes in um, for a player who you know does, doesn't really have any issues with the moves to the Premier League, unfortunately, he's certainly a talent. Um, it's not really gone his way. For, for one reason or another. So that, that that's a deal which probably I'll be looking to try and close it. We can close it in January, then close it. You know, that that'll be be good to get that kind of money money coming in. A, you know, a, a four or five million pound profit on a player who doesn't want to be there, who's, who's been with us for a season, then then fine. You know, go go for it. Uh, but we don't know. We don't know how it's gonna go. It's sort of, you know, for the rest of the window. But you know, all being well, we can we can nick someone in on loan. Um, and get rid of a few, a few people who who you know are, are getting paid and and are not playing and not offering anything to the to the squad. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how it goes. You know, it's going to be, you know, there's not not long left now, a couple of weeks left in the in the transfer window. We'll see how how it goes, and I'm sure we'll look back on that um, when we record after when the window shuts. Um, but that that was pretty much. I mean, the, the AGM was held held uh, obviously virtually and people had to send send over the questions for the Q&A beforehand and a lot different to what we've done in previous years. Um, the, the club obviously were quite keen to advertise the positive aspects, which you understand why. Um, but obviously it wasn't it wasn't your usual ADM where you've got obviously a crowd of people, shareholders there asking questions and, and what have you. Uh, but some key messages, you know, generally positive. Um, and and a lot of a lot of things to hopefully look forward to in the next next twelve months or so. Uh, but let's let's move on if we can, uh, because obviously we've said already no game this weekend. The Villa game was called off, so the the next game we've actually got is is next weekend, su- Sunday eight o'clock, strange time, um, against Sheffield Wednesday in in the FA Cup fourth round. And this this is for a chance to to play Wickham or Spurs in the fifth round. It's been drawn drawn already, and. There could be a case of, uh, we discussed this before, didn't we? That Sheffield Wednesday, they've had the game of the weekend called off and the midweek game called off in the in the championship because of COVID-19 issues within the squad. But it could be a case of next Sunday we're playing against against their kids. Yeah, you hope so, don't you? I think that obviously worst case scenario, just to state the obvious, would be that it gets cancelled due to COVID and we end up with some kind of absolutely insane... Um, sort of fixture pile up. I mean, if, if you can put a squad out, you know, the, especially for the cup, the game's just, it's got to go ahead. It's got to go ahead. So hopefully that will play right into our hands because we'd have a really fresh team. We could rest or continue to rest some key players, obviously for the Leicester game. Um, 
And I feel really out of touch with the championship at the moment. I don't know whether it, it sort of goes hand in hand with the, I guess, the way COVID's affected sports and football. But normally I feel a lot more clued in um, because I, I only just realised Gary Monk's not there anymore, is he? Mm-hmm. Obviously, when we last played them, so they, they, and they seem to be one of those teams that are a bit sort of trigger happy getting rid of the managers. Um, I know they're down at the bottom of the table, so you, you, well, it should be a formality, shouldn't it? No matter what team Sheffield Wednesday put out, we should, you know, we should get the the, the job done and hopefully a lot more straightforward than we made it uh, against Rotherham. Yeah, you'd, you'd, obviously you'd, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Um, you know, the, the Rotherham game wasn't great. A couple of players obviously coming back in uh, after after injuries, etc. It, it may, I mean, it's going to be too soon for Alan to come back in, but you know that, that's a kind of player you probably want to want to rest up anyway. Um, the core can play in the FA Cup, but can then he's suspended for the for the Leicester game, which is bizarre for me. It always used to be if you if you got five five bookings and you had a one match suspension, it'd be domestic competitions, wouldn't it? It wouldn't just be a Premier League suspension. So another totally bizarre bizarre situation there for me. But you know, talking of obviously Sheffield Wednesday, we, we should we should have too much. Shouldn't we, Matty Gary, against the, the side they were twenty first in the championship? You know, the, the level on points with Rotherham, who obviously we, we played in the last round, who he was sitting twenty second. They played two games more. Obviously, they're not looking great at the moment. Um, and whether they play the kids or they play the first team, as much as it's it's a free hit for them, we should have more than enough to to put a few past them. You don't show me, wouldn't you? Um, I'll be honest. I thought that way against Rotherham, mate, but uh, obviously it didn't work out. But yeah, the, the, obviously they're in, they're in so much turmoil, Sheffield. I, I do watch a little bit of the Championship, I've got to be honest. Um, um, when Pulis went in, you thought, obviously with, with his background, he'd, he'd stabilised and we'd get them moved up the table. Um, but it was a bit like a bit of a Watford sort of situation. He lasted five minutes and then he sacked them. So... It's. Uh, I don't know exactly what's going on there, mate. To be perfectly honest, but um, like you said, you, you don't. Whatever shows the team you put out, um, whether obviously Carlo wants to get certain players up to speed again, um, or obviously use a few of the fringe players, like he did against Rotherham, you would. You, you know, you'd, you'd seriously think we, we'd we, we'd have to really not turn up at all um, to obviously get turned over in that game. So, um, massive, massive game, mate. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm still, um, I'm still really disappointed about the United. Um, performance in the cup, uh, in the league cup, because I thought that was a real avenue to to push and obviously get something in the in the cabinet. But you know, obviously we can get past Chef Weds, like he was saying before. Don't be long spares. They, they have got good players. They've got players that can hit you. But the performance that we put in at the start of the season, um, we can't go in there with any with any fears in, in that game either. So um, yeah, you say just 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 get through. Um, obviously that's the main thing. No in, no injuries, and then you know let's have a good go against Leicester. I put that United defeat down to you being there. To be honest with you, the only only game you could attend, and, and we and we lost. So it's certainly something to do with your attendance. To be honest, I mean, I didn't miss, you know, no one, no one's let me forget either. So um, yeah, yeah. What can you say, mate? <laughs> no, you're, you're right though. It was it was a chance, wasn't it? United game to to certainly progress in that competition and 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 put that sort of that hoodoo to bed. Really, you know, the competition that we've never won. We've come close, obviously, a few times to doing so. Um, so th- th- there's a lot of there's certainly a lot of weight um, riding on the the FA Cup this season, isn't it? You know we we keep on saying it year in year out, and you know everyone's fed up now of of you know that stupid stat of not winning uh, any kind of silverware since 1995, and 
yeah, we've come close in certain years, and we, we've had sides who certainly should have won, should have won trophies in that time. But you know, we we know if we can get through this game, who the potential opponents are uh, with, with Spurs and Wickham. So you, you would you would expect Spurs, but FA Cup, you, you just never know. But we, we've we've got to go into the Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday game one, obviously with a better attitude than we had against Rotherham because I thought we were we were very very lax in that in that game by the first ten or fifteen minutes, and and two like I said already, believing that we can progress further and get past you know Spurs or Wickham in the next round and then you know if you if you get past that then you, you've got a chance haven't you you've got a real chance there of going on and doing something. Yeah, as I said before, I think. It, you know, we, we talked about the Rotherham game in, in the last pod. I, I thought give credit to them as well. They were up for it, and the game was a really good game. You know, uh, it was almost uh, sort of counter for us that we 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 scored so early and then sort of switched off a little bit, and they took advantage of it. I don't think they'll make the same mistake against Chef Wednesday. They are a club very much in turmoil at the minute. Like you said, they may even have to put out kids as well. Hopefully, they can because that means we can rest hopefully a few players as well. Um, and I'm kind of glad in a way that we've got that game before Leicester because obviously, like I said, when we played West Ham. We kind of, players get into a rhythm, don't they? Like in any sport, you get into a rhythm of playing games. They got into a rhythm of playing a lot of games throughout December, even if, like I said, every three or four days you're playing a game. Suddenly, you know, you, you relax, you don't play for 10, 10, 11 days, and then you lose that rhythm. So I'm glad we're playing them before we play um, before we play Leicester. And hopefully, look, if we can get everybody fit on there, we can we can score a few and get a bit of confidence flowing through the team again in terms of goals. Because um, we, we've been winning games mainly by being hard to beat rather than fl- uh, free flowing footy like it was at the start of the season. So, yeah, um, it'd be great to play them and then hopefully we can get through unscathed, lightly play Spurs, like you said. Um, we've got no reason to fear them. We were brilliant against them first game of the season. Um, you know, we absolutely dominated that game. Yes, Spurs have had a, you know, a decent, decent season so far. Um, but, you know, it's typical Mourinho, isn't it? I mean, you know, they, they score a goal and then they, they set up camp. Um, so I think we've got a, we've got a real chance of, of, of going through against them. Yes, they've got Kane and Son, who are dangerous. But other than that, I've got no reason to fear them. Totally, totally right. And it's all about, as, as, as everything, it's all about attitude and having the right attitude for me. It's, it's, it's that simple. Um, and there's certainly certainly no reason to see the want to start looking past past um, games, of course, you know, because she- Sheffield Wednesday, they they're the next side, and we've got to we've got to show them total respect. Um, but they, you know, Everton on any given day should be should be able to beat beat that particular side and progress. And re- really important that we do, um, and we then move forward to it to to the fifth round against Adam Wickham Wickham or Spurs. Um, but let's let's finish off with the. With the predictions anyway, Matthew is our guest. What are your thoughts, predictions for Sheffield Wednesday? I'm going to go for a, a slightly conservative 2-0, mate. Um, don't That's be wrong, I'll take, I'll take anything you know, to, to get through. I'll take a 1-0, mate. But like you said, like Pete said before, and Lee, it, it'd be nice to see, obviously, certain players maybe playing themselves into a back into a bit of form and, and, and getting a few goals. But um, I think the main thing, which was, it was the main thing against Rotherham, was obviously getting through and making sure we were in the half. But uh, they shaded a few players to get a, a couple of goals and uh, play themselves into contention for the following game against Leicester would be great, mate. But I think the main thing is, is no injuries, no injuries and getting through. Pete? Yeah, I'll go for a solid 3 0. And uh, hopefully, Anthony Gordon gets gets a run out. And like Matty said, gets to, gets to build a bit of confidence and hopefully gets on the score sheet. 
he certainly he certainly dies for a goal at the goal. And, and I, th- I think he, he he probably needs something, doesn't he? You know, he's had a few assists in, uh, in his short Everton uh, first team career, but he certainly needs to grab, grab that goal, doesn't he? To, to sort of give him a little bit of a, a push um, this season. Um, Lee? Uh, yeah, I think I think I think we should go strong. I think we should go reasonably strong in terms of lineup. Like I said, players will have had a pl- enough rest. Um, we put a decent side out. I think we win. I think we win three 0 I'm going to go three 0 um, and hopefully give us, like I said, that little bit of confidence going into the uh, into the league game against Leicester, which at the moment is showing it's like it's going to be a, a pretty important game, like you said before, mate. Yeah, ma- massive, massive, and it's so it's so vital we win the Sheffield Wednesday game. Just just to tick over, even even if it's you know like like you said there, maybe a two nil, a three nil, you know. Let, let's try and make it comfortable, but let's just win. Let's just win the game. You know, another win. Um, that'll be three on the spin in all competitions. Obviously, two in the cup and the one against Wolves in the league. And and runs are important. Momentum is important. Um, I I think we'll win the game. I think it'll be four one. I think we'll concede. Uh, I think also will probably be in goal. Uh, by all accounts, so but I think it'd be four one. I think it'd be be, be quite convincing. Um, and like we, you know, can we get Richardson maybe into it into a bit of form as well, getting back onto the uh, the goal scoring sale. Anthony Gordon might get a run out, like we've said already. Uh, maybe obviously Gomez starts the game in in centre mid. Uh, the Corey will definitely start because he's he's missing the next game, so he'll definitely start. So I I do fully expect a strong Everton eleven. Um, and we could see that left hand side of Luca Dean and, and Ben Godfrey again, which which works so well against Wolves. Um, but who knows? But as I say, four one win, two to the next round, and then on to on to Leicester the, uh, the the following week. So that's us. That's us for this week, Matty. Appreciate you coming on the show tonight, mate. You're welcome, mate. Thanks very much for having me, and uh, stay safe out there, boys. Eh? Most definitely, most definitely. We're we're deep into into lockdown here. It's going to be a, a good a good few weeks yet before I'm sure we see any kind of relaxation. Just ordered some new Everton mask actually because I've lost lost my Everton mask, so we're, I'm good to go for the next the next few weeks. We will be back um, post Sheffield Wednesday to run through hopefully a successful uh, cup performance there and and look ahead to a real pivotal game the following week against uh, our fellow title challengers Leicester City. So we'll catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.